This episode of Movers, Shakers, and History Makers is brought to you by Ace Beer Growlers, your one-stop shop for beer, wine, Traeger grills, and all your grilling and smoking essentials. And if you love good food, you better check out their latest endeavor, the Cow Eat a Meat Company, downtown Newton's only butcher shop featuring fresh, not frozen meats. The Cow Eat a Meat Company isn't just serving up fresh prime ribeyes and brisket, but they also feature a great variety of scallops, strips, hanger steaks, 10-ounce fillets, butts, pork belly, bangers, and brats. And you know what goes great with that? How about some of that banner butter? and the freshest selection of craft beers and wines this side of Interstate 85. If you haven't checked them out yet, what are you waiting for? Get on down to the location on West Court Square next to Piedmont Noonan Gym. Be sure to mention promo code PODCAST. You're going to get $5 off any purchase over 50 or more in the store. Welcome to another episode of Movers, Shakers, and History Makers, a show dedicated to all things interesting happening in your neck of the woods, especially if your neck of the woods consists of living in Coweta County. It's a place for showcasing stories and newsmakers from the past and present. I'm your host, Clay Neely, and in this episode, we're talking to Judge Mary Cranford, who will now retire after serving Coweta County as probate judge for over 35 years. In 1984, Cranford made history by being elected the very first female judge in Coweta County. In her 35-year tenure as probate judge, she's overseen quite a few changes in the county and how probate court is handled. As she prepares to leave in January, Cranford talks a little about her time as probate judge and what the future of the court will be for Coweta County residents. So here it is, our conversation with Judge Mary Cranford on Movers, Shakers, and History Makers. All right, so I guess we just kind of start with just if you can tell me a little bit about yourself, because I don't think that you're originally from here. You did move here, right? I did. I've okay. been uh, in Coweta County since 1970. Okay. Um, I was born in Pennsylvania. Okay, I didn't know uh, that. Moved here from Atlanta, but uh, my parents and my family, well, my parents are recently deceased, but mm-hmm. they were still in Pennsylvania. Okay. So I spent a lot of time visiting back and forth there. But, um, but no, I feel like, I mean, I've been in Georgia all my adult life. Okay. And what kind of brought you down here? A job. A job. I, I was working at the airport at the time. Okay. And uh, then when I married, my husband and I moved to Coweta County. And this is where I've been since 1970. Okay. And talk about the transition from, I guess, were you at, were you at Delta? or? Were you... I was working for uh, Emory Air Freight, an air freight carrier. Oh, Okay. And so what, what was the transition from that to working downtown in, in court? Well, that's kind of an interesting story. I was uh, in line to vote. Uh, <laughs> and back then, uh, voting regulations were a little different. And my neighbor introduced me to uh, Carl McCoy. Okay. He was running for ordinary's office. And, and uh, it came up about if you need any help, you know, call me. Mm-hmm. And he did. Oh, wow. And so that's how I ended up uh, working there. I worked part-time for many years and then went full-time. And then when he retired, I ran and was elected judge. Yeah. Well, when you first started, what, I mean, it, it's not something someone, I mean, you had really no background in law or anything like that, right? No, other than, uh, you know, about 10 years of experience working in the court. Yeah. Um, 
But when you when but you came no, in the early seventies, mm, there was no, no from 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 the airport. Just no, no, no education yeah. in, in law is strictly uh, hands on day to day learning. But you but something obviously took to you with it. You really enjoyed it. I mean, I did. Okay. I liked. Um, There's a lot of helping people involved in yeah. in this court, and as far as being uh, on the clerical side of it, yeah, um, I was always fascinated with the judicial system Mm -hmm. and uh, it just um, the doors opened and I took a chance yeah this is (laughs) this is where it took me yeah yeah well I mean like you said earlier with with probate it's it's a different animal than a lot of other courts Uh, it affects the the everyday person more yeah Yeah. um, and Judge McCoy used to say this all the time. It's the Alpha and the Omega. Mm-hmm. You know, we deal with birth certificates. We deal with uh, marriages. We deal with weapons carries. We deal with death. Mm-hmm. We deal with the state side uh, and handling all of the problems that ensue yeah. when somebody dies. Well, I think someone also said, I mean, you can go your entire life without having maybe to go to state court, magistrate court, superior court. But at some point, you're probably going to have to interface with probate because it's just that's that court and then it's part of your life it does it touches everybody yeah um all of us have been married or majority i yeah. would say um we issue many many carry permits yeah uh, so you come in for that we years ago we used to issue hunting and fishing licenses but oh, i didn't know that we gave that up um i gave that up shortly after i was elected in that was a lot of paperwork <laughs> and there were other places that could go that were much better yeah i'd imagine that would be like a very busy season if you came in to the probate court during that window where licenses needed to be right and we've uh the volume of what we do has increased tremendously over the years oh yeah i'm sure um i mean i started out i like to say i started out with rotary dial telephone and electric typewriter yeah and now we're completely computerized um so and I had one clerk and now I have ten. Yeah, well, I mean, obviously, it's a lot's changed. Um, well, going back to, I guess it was your your win in '84. What what prompted the the run for that initially? Did was that something that uh, I mean, I think Judge McCoy had kind of encouraged he, you. He right? did. He encouraged me. He asked me if I was interested. Um, actually, when he uh, I went full time as his uh, chief clerk, he said you do this for me and in four years I will retire and if you want it you can run for it and I'll support you okay and he I did and he did and this is the result of it okay in that election I, I did not check in our archive was was it a relatively it was contested and it, it was, was contested okay and it was partisan it was uh, okay there were um, three other individuals ran okay uh, two at the time I ran as a Democrat and uh I had opposition there and one without a runoff. Okay. And then oh, wow. in the general election, I also had opposition and won it again. Nice. Well, and, and before our conversation, I'd spoken to several other lawyers around town and stuff like saying, Hey, you know, what are the things that you would want to know if you, if you had the chance to read an article about judge Grant? And one was especially uh, following the election in 84 and going into 85, what were some of the initial challenges that you you faced uh, with your new position? I think the 
the thing that hit me the most was I had to know why I was doing everything, not just how to do it. Mm-hmm. I had to know the law behind it, um, and I had to make sure my decisions were accordingly and mm-hmm. right to the best of my ability. Yeah. And uh, and I think that was it. It's sort of the buck stops here. Yeah. I have to to know not just how to get this done, but why I'm getting it done this way. Yeah. Well, did you, I think one of them had mentioned, um, did you have to kind of necessarily fight with commissioners to for funding and stuff like that? I mean, were there threats to cut budgets and stuff like that? or? Well, I think there were some controversies okay. at first. Um, I was the first female right. judge elected in this county. Um, and, you know, it's typically a male society. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't just go along with whatever they wanted. I spoke up for what I thought was right and yeah. what should be done. I mean, I think someone had said, even during that time, I mean, I think maybe some judge might sent home a female lawyer for in a pantsuit in court. You know, I mean, it was just that kind of time. It was a lot different than it is now. It's, yeah. it's uh, A lot of things have changed. I've seen a lot of history, and I feel like I've been able to contribute to that change. Yeah, okay. Well, um, I mean, like I said, over the course of your service, I mean, can you talk about how, you know, probate court is just, is it still unfold? You know what I mean? In terms of unfolding with new things coming each day where you might be seeing something that. There's always a, a new twist. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in an estate or in, we're doing more and more adult guardianships. Okay. Um, you know, we have an older population and many of our elderly need somebody to look after their affairs. Mm-hmm. And, um, Sometimes it runs smoothly, sometimes it doesn't. Um, and it's an ongoing thing. Once you have a guardianship or a conservatorship, the court monitors it constantly. Oh, okay. So if somebody does something wrong, you have to you know, bring them back to court and decide what you're gonna do about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's, it's a constant ongoing once you establish this guardianship and conservatorship for um, either a minor or an adult. Yeah. Another aspect I think of your office that some people have talked about is the amount of logistics that go into having to orchestrate dates and times for people to connect with, I guess it might have been uh, things involving estates and things like that where your staff, they are, they're, I wouldn't say scrambling, but I mean they have to make sure certain dates work and I mean it, it just seems like almost like landing airplanes with a lot of these things. <laughs> Sometimes it, it does seem that way because you have to coordinate uh, when a petition is filed for uh, particularly adult guardianships and emergency ones you move very fast so you have yeah. to coordinate having uh, an evaluation done by a professional service on that individual so they know what's happening mm-hmm. and, and setting up court dates appointing attorneys and getting everybody coordinated to actually appear in court. Yeah, okay. And uh, I think another thing people bring up, I mean, because obviously lawyers, they have to go to probate courts from different jurisdictions here and there. You know, I mean, some people just say they'll never go, never go to South Fulton County or Fulton County. <laughs> and that uh, this one is such a pleasure. And they, they derive that not just from your leadership, but primarily from from the staff. The staff. And they I, say that that is what really makes our probate court unique. Can you talk a little bit about that? I have... A phenomenal staff. Yeah. Um, they, I just can't praise them enough. Uh, 
and we do get feedback from the public uh, about their ability to be pleasant mm -hmm. no matter what because I've always told them even though you've done this a thousand times this individual it's their first yeah so you want to treat it like it's your first time dealing with them um, but yes they I have a phenomenal staff and it would hurt me to think that they couldn't carry on mm -hmm. um, the way they have been yeah and, uh, so it was important to to protect their status and make sure they uh, were there mm -hmm. and could continue to do the wonderful job they were doing yeah they, they say that, I mean the people there they are handpicked for the right job like they're in the right spot for the entire for their purpose it, it, it is funny about that when I hire a new person it's it's looking for their fit mm -hmm. and and sometimes I'll put them in a, a spot within the office that just doesn't quite fit and but it seems like um, I say a lot of prayer goes into it mm -hmm. that all of a sudden the right opening for that person and it just run so smooth like that yeah you have to have the a personalities and you have to have the other ones you have to have those yeah. that don't mind a lot of repetition and then you have to have those that are looking for a little more excitement yeah yeah I mean because I mean obviously running that is a team effort so I mean you've got to have strengths in every every facet um, and I think you might have also said I mean a lot of people that are coming in there they might not be coming in under the happiest of circumstances so I think a lot of the, that interpersonal interfacing with people is it, it a lot needs to be said about that uh, that's true yeah. uh, it is it's sad um, I mean they've just lost a loved one mm -hmm. and they're um, maybe not thinking as clear as they would if they had not gone through that process yeah. so um, it's important that the staff is sympathetic and understands yeah. this there's a lot of questions too I imagine that they have that I mean it's it's they can help steer through we have brochures and things like okay. that that we can hand to them because I've with my own personal experience I find that if you get a chance to sit down later mm -hmm. after you've calmed down yeah um, you can understand it a little better so it helps to hand out something to them to read okay well I mean in, in your time in office I mean how, how do you think the role of women in the legal system has changed since I mean obviously coming in in 1974 then being or is it 74 74 was when I first started and then being elected in 84, 84 I mean so office. over this what what have you seen in terms of the the role of leadership that women play in the legal system now as opposed to when you first started I think there's there's more of us okay um, but statewide in the uh, probate court area it seems like there's always been a relatively um, no, uh, I wouldn't say majority, but a nice number of women. Okay. Uh, in that, a lot of them uh, moved up to it from the clerk part, mm -hmm. because in the smaller population counties, you don't have to be an attorney. Right. So they're working in there. They're the chief clerk, and then the judge retires. In the same scenario that I went through. Mm -hmm. um, but you do see. Uh, um, more female attorneys, more um, judges, um, generally. Yeah. And and I think it's accepted. You're not fighting uh, for recognition anymore. Yeah. So and and when you first came on, do you? I mean, do you think you, you took on a good bit of that? I mean, anytime someone's the first doing something, I mean, they've got to they 
you know, what were you kind of, what, what were you most proud of in, in those early times of trying to get, get established and respected? Well, I think just getting elected yeah, first. Obviously a pretty good one. Was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, and then I think um, the legal community was very supportive, mm-hmm. uh, generally. There, of course, were some. I've, I've had some attorneys come in court and you could just see the disrespect in it. But less and less of that. Yeah. And you just you just maintain. I mean, you just yeah. maintain your cool, so to speak. Yeah, sure. And you just demand respect. Yeah. Well, cooler heads typically prevail anyway and in those kind that, of situations. This is, I've always said, you know, can't start without me. they got to follow my rules. Right. <laughs> so... <laughs> Well, there you go. Well, um, I don't know what and and what do you? I suppose wrapping up. What what are some of the things that I think, looking back, what are you most proud of during your tenure here? I mean, you've like I said, we've seen a, a gamut of changes in those in that amount of time. What what particularly stands out to you in terms of something that you can look back on and say, I made my mark there. Well, yeah, I'm trying to think over my. Career, yeah. my history. Um, I think opening doors. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as far as the court itself, I feel like I've brought it into present time. Yeah. From where it was, um, in in the way we process our work product, mm-hmm. that we now have um, access to our records online because uh, everything's scanned. There's just been a huge difference in having to go back and look in the books for the paper product yeah, versus yeah. Uh, putting it all that way and computerizing all of our uh, work so that we just marriage license everything yeah. is we can just pull it all up and but yet we didn't lose the personal touch and if we have a crash we can still go back to paper <laughs> That's very important <laughs> Well, uh, can you talk a little bit about your succession plan and kind of what, what, what's going to be happening going forward and what do you see are some of the big changes that are going to be facing uh, the upcoming judge going into the future? I mean, what do you see on the horizon for Coweta and probate? Well, uh, upon my retirement, mm-hmm. uh, my associate judge, uh, Carrie Markham, will take over and she will, as far as I know, has plans to run for the mm-hmm. uh, next term. This makes this court now will become what they call an Article Six court. Okay. The judge being an attorney judge, mm-hmm. um, there's a difference, and with the size of the county, so um, they can the court can now have jury trials, and the appeals will go to the court of appeals instead of to superior court here. So it makes a big change. Okay. Um, we were talking about it yesterday in that um, the way she may conduct trials might be a little bit more intense in mm-hmm. that um, right now appeals are what they call de novo they start over mm-hmm. so they won't be that way when it goes to the court of appeals oh, okay. so it's going to be a lot different in the way people will have 
to appeal a case if they're not happy with the decision. Yeah. And I think that's the biggest thing, learning how to do jury selection, learning how to do uh, all of the particular process that involve in having a different level of court. The mm -hmm. court will have expanded jurisdiction. It will be able to hear a little bit more uh, on construction of wills and things like that yeah. that we don't do now. And how long has Carrie been kind of working with you all over there? She started in January. Okay. So she'll have about a year behind her. So she's got a pretty good lay of how the experience, and not only experience, but I mean the culture over there about how things work. And I, I think it's... She's gotten to know the staff. Yeah. The staff has gotten to know her. And I think that makes them a little bit more at ease mm -hmm. with the transition. Yeah, I'd imagine so. Because, uh, I mean, even though it'll be a new person, do you expect anything will change tremendously in terms of the way that it runs on a daily day basis? Or is it going to be kind of... A continuation. I think it'll continue. Okay. Uh, I'm, like I said, I'm sure she'll figure things out and mm. want to put her own mark on things. Yeah. Um, but we've discussed many of the details of the office and how it runs, and she uh, would have no future, near future plans on making yeah. changes. I wouldn't think. Okay. And when 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 do you wrap up? Is it going to be at the end of the year? Yes. My uh, I think my official retirement date is January second. January second. Okay. But. Uh, very cool. And so what, what, what are you going to start doing on January 3rd? <laughs> I'll probably be in Florida. But uh, I have um, a lot of things I have to handle. With, mm -hmm. uh, my parents both passed okay. in the last two months. Oh, right. So I'm handling their estate. Mm -hmm. So I have a lot of uh, travel to, to do handle that. And um, then... I'm just gonna look at my options and what what I'd like to do after yeah after this. Do you still see yourself staying in in the community in, in some sort of aspect in terms of civil service or anything like that or? Not for long. Okay. Uh, my daughter and I <clears throat> are well. She's in Florida. Okay. And so my plan is to retire there where I can be. She's my only family. Mm -hmm. uh, and so the plans are to go there and be near I say I'm working on my old age thing where she can take care of me right right when I get close Taking enough ahead. where she can look after yep, yep, me yep 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 <laughs> <laughs> okay well cool well um well, like I said I, I, I appreciate you speaking with me especially with something like this um I know from talking to everyone it's you know I know you don't love talking about yourself and no um, I don't yeah so that's why I'm <laughs> talking to everyone else to get these questions uh, so I really appreciate you coming down. And thank you again for your service and your time here. And, and you know, I'm just so grateful for the opportunity that the people of the county gave me um, yeah. 35 years ago and the support they have given me all these years. Uh, it's truly been a blessing. Cool. Well, thank you very much. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, that's it for today, folks. We appreciate Judge Cranford coming by to share some of her experiences of working inside the Coweta County court system. If you like what you hear, please be sure to subscribe to our podcast and also be sure to visit our sponsor, Ace Beer Growlers, your source for Rockwood Lump Charcoal, cast iron skillets from Smithy Ironware, along with a variety of beers, wines, rubs, and cigars. Mention promo code PODCAST and you get $5 off any purchase over $50 in the store. Visit the location on West Court Square next to Piedmont Noonan Gym. Hey, thanks again for listening, and we hope to catch you again next time. So long.